Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Prep Kitchen Podcast, the podcast where Matt and I talk all things food, cookery and hospitality. Please don't forget to like, rate and subscribe to never miss an episode. Good evening. Good evening. We're back again. We're back again. Not just good evening to you, Paul, but it is a good evening to you. It's also good evening to our second guest who's going to join us for the entire podcast. It's Katie Knight from Knight Bites in Exeter. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Very, very well. well. Very well, thank you. That was very in sync. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> this is episode five now. We're a slick, well-oiled machine now, aren't we, Chief? <laughs> He just finishes my sentences. I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, thanks very much for joining us, Katie. It's great to have you on. Just honoured to have been asked, really. Oh, the honour is ours, isn't it, Chief? Uh, it's all mine. It's all yours. <laughs> Take full responsibility for the honour. Um, so, yeah, this is number five um, in our series of podcasts. We're going to be chatting to you later in some more detail, Katie, about what it is you yes. do, what you want to do, and what you don't want to do and all mm-hmm. sorts of things in between. Um, but as we start off, I suppose, each week, what we try and do, if we can, is give a little plug to any local restaurants, chefs that have got something that they want to say or put out there. This week takes us down to Topsham. Do you ever spend much time in Topsham, Katie? I actually run there quite a lot. You run so, there? Yeah. It's, good. it's a good little route. It's quite flat, so, yeah. yeah I, I, I like Topsham. Topsham's lovely, and, and you're familiar yeah. with Topsham, aren't you, Chief? I love Topsham. It is. It's a really, it's a really nice part of, uh, of Exeter, actually. Quaint, yeah. Charming in its own little way. Mm. Um, and it takes us to the Lord Nelson pub, but in particular, the Goose and Gander kitchen at the Lord Nelson. Are you familiar with that at all, Katie? No. No. It is, well, it's, it's a bit of a strange one in a way, because uh, chef there, Charlie, who I worked, I'd say, for very briefly, he used to be at the Seven Stars in Kemford, him and his partner, Carly, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Charlie and Carly, uh, are the chef duo that have taken over the lease. They took over in July of the kitchen at the Lord Nelson Pub, and it's called the Goose and Gander Kitchen. Um, and it's a pretty unique blend, really. It says in the email that he sent over to me to best describe their style of food, it's world street food with a sort of fine dining twist. So it's a mixture of popular street food dishes along with some more well-known substantial pub dishes. Um, which to me sounds very appealing. I don't know about you, Chief. You're that a man of the world. Amazing. You've but, travelled. I don't know about that. You've travelled. That's very good. Yeah, I'll have to try that out when it opens. Yeah, yeah. World Street Food with a mixture, I say, of, of more familiar dishes. And it's all very, very local. And I just kind of want to set the scene, really. So if you can imagine the period we've been in lockdown, it's been pretty downbeat. Everyone's been looking forward to getting out and what seeing friends this? again. I'm just setting the scene. I'm painting uh, a picture with it's words. It's like J.K. Rowling's here. <laughs> Almost. But it's that first day when you're allowed back out. The sun is shining. You're out with a couple of friends, or in your case, Paul, probably your parents. Um, <laughs> and you're sat out, and you've got the barbecue going. You've got a spit roast oven. You've got things like longhorn beef brisket in Guinness with caramelized onions and Monterey Jack cheese placed in front of you. You've got a beer. There's some live music going. Everybody's happy. That's just a little taste of the things that you can get at the Goose and wow. Gander kitchen come, come March. Um, and obviously then they'll be opening up fully in May when everyone's allowed. But yeah, plenty of outdoor space. There's going to be heated marquees, live music, cocktails, barbecues, 
you name it. And um, let's say having cooked alongside Charlie and sort of sampling his food in his previous job, I think it's going to be one to watch. Remember when we put a little thing up right at the beginning about the five restaurants we wanted to go and visit yeah. when things reopen? This yeah. was, without disrespect, was probably number six. <laughs> but, that's a, but, that's a, but that's a bit of a strange number to say what your top six restaurants, but you know. Goose and Gander Kitchen in Topsham, Charlie and Carly smashing it up. They've been keeping themselves busy. I've got here through the lockdown throughout February. They were doing um, fish platters on a Friday night. You, you're a fan of fish, Katie? You eat seafood? I'm, I'm vegan, but my partner is obsessed with fish. So, yeah. She's, she's obsessed with fish. So, yeah, she is. Yeah. If you were to say to her, listen, it's come down Topsham, I'll get you a fish platter. We're talking, <laughs> we're, we're talking crispy squid. Crispy cuttlefish, popcorn prawns, curried hake goujons, white bait, seasonal coleslaw. Absolutely. She'll be down there in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just be watching. You'll just be, you'll just be watching, <laughs> hating her. Stop eating <laughs> Um So yeah, and then throughout March, and that, yeah, they're going to carry on throughout the rest of March. Um, they've been doing uh, takeaway Sunday roast, so you can go down there and get a little taster of sort of what's to come, really. They've had things like char-grilled pork, confit chicken, uh, Longhorn Den- uh, Devon steaks, roasted venison haunch, bits and pieces for vegetarians like a delicious sounding root vegetable blue cheese phyllo parcel. That sounds pretty good for a vegetarian. I'm sure yeah, they do vegan good, food I as think. well. Yeah, too, but too good, good for yeah. And, and, I'm, think, and I'm yeah. sure there's vegan alternatives. You know, if you didn't want to just go down and watch your partner eat while you're on the other <laughs> side of the road or something like that. Um, but yeah, that is our little restaurant push for this week. And I think that was one of the longest plugs you've ever done. Was it? Yeah. Well, to be fair to Charlie, he sent me a really sort of in-depth uh, I know I read it. As to, uh, as to what it is they do. And I tried to get <laughs> it all in. I cleared my diary for two days to read that. I know. I tried to get it all in as concise as possible. Um, perhaps I failed from that point of view, but in order for giving the restaurant a push, I did a pretty bloody good job. And they reopened on uh, the 13th of April. Fantastic. So from there on in, you can go out and enjoy all of the things that I've just mentioned. Fantastic. So there we go. Goose and Gander Kitchen. Um, Done. So last week we were back on Instagram uh, and we put out a little thing, questions that we would like to uh, answer on the podcast. Katie got involved. One of her questions is being answered tonight. Yeah. Can you remember what your question was? Yeah, I can. Yeah. I asked, do you prefer working in video or in a team? Yeah. Do you want to take that one first? That was exactly it, yeah. Yeah. Do do, do I want to take it? Do you want to take that one? Um, Well, yeah, I mean, I I answered it, I think, online. And when you've got a group of people around you, like I said, who all have a real sort of clear passion for what it is you're trying to achieve and they want to come in and give their best every day, there's nothing really better than being part of the team. I mean, Paul and I have worked in smaller teams and slightly larger teams, and it's a good feeling when you know you've got a, a busy service ahead or you're in the middle of a very busy service and you can sort of look across and you can see your colleagues and the way in which they're just mucking in and they're getting on with the job. You feel confident, you know, you, you, you almost, you almost get that little boost from everybody else around you. Mm. Think, I'm, I'm part of a good team here. So even if I start to really get in the weeds, someone's going to come and help me out. So it's, it's, it's definitely part of the team. Working on your own has got some, you know, it's got some nice parts. There's nobody to fall out with, but yeah. that's, that's about it. What about you, Chief? Uh, yeah, I suppose once you're sort of the head chef level and you look back onto your team during service and they're all getting on and everything's running smoothly, it's great. Um, just takes that one 
person though, doesn't it? To mm. fuck you up and you're the one bad angry. apple. The one yes. bad apple. Turn on that sixpence. Uh, I've worked on my own a few times. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> There's nothing really to sing about. It's nice to sort of have a team there yeah. that can uh, you all look after each other. Yeah. Do you, do you work as part of a team, Katie, or are you more of a... Of well, a, I actually worked in um, the kitchen at Boston Tea Party. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I was one of the line chefs there for a couple of years. Well, I was a line chef for a year and then went fast for a year. Um, so, yeah, so I worked in team. Um, now, obviously, work, I work alone. It's literally just me who does the whole business, which is wow. pretty crazy. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I love being part of the team. I miss them all so much. They were literally my family, so... Yeah, that, that is that yeah. is a phrase that you hear a lot. One advantage to working on your own, though, is you can listen to whatever music you like. So true. I used to, <laughs> when I was on Open, I used to, like, hog the speaker or the radio all day so that yeah. I listen to my music. Yeah. 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 Or a chef that we used to work with, just put your headphones in. He would do that, wouldn't he? He'd be yeah. in the kitchen with you and I, and he would just yeah. put his headphones in. We'd beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> we would just... We would just talk about him and he wouldn't hear us. Yeah, we would yeah. have no idea. Look at that no. wanker. <laughs> that's, probably uh, what, that's probably what he, he probably had one of those little um, audio cassette things in his head to try and control your temper. And he was just yeah. looking at us two and, and in his mind he yeah. was saying, just relax and breathe. <laughs> Sounds of the waves. Uh, possibly, yeah. yeah. Whale song, yeah. Whale song, just to calm him down. But no, I, I think we're all in agreement that being part of a team you know, I don't think there's a better feeling, really. Sort of knowing yeah. that you belong to a bit of a collective and everyone's rowing in the same direction. Mm. And that's what you've got to sort out, isn't it, Chief? When you open up, when you open your new yeah. place, yeah, you've got to get the Looking team. Have you, have, you met, have you met other members of the team yet? Uh, I know them, yeah. Well, well I know, know of them. them. I've never worked yeah. with them. No, in the kitchen, but yes, and it's all got, exciting stuff, isn't it? And you're going to be thrown in at the deep end together because you've got how many covers for your first day? Well, I don't want to spoil the vlog, but we've got 300 booked on our first day. <laughs> Just to give you a point of reference, I won't do 300 covers in a week. No. Lunch and dinner over or a month. Six, well, I'll do it in a month, but you know. Wow. Just. That's just what I say. Plus walk-ins as well. So, yeah. Mm. So that's depending on the weather, you could add another 100 onto that. Yeah. Would you say, you, would you say you're baking for 300 people a week, Katie? Um, no, definitely not. But I do, I do, I do make around 160 of brownies a day, like minimum kind of thing. So it's pretty, pretty big numbers in terms um, of actual baking. How many days a week? I bake six days a week. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So you're knocking on for eight, 800 brownies a week. Yeah. It's pretty insane at the moment, but it's a whole it's still in it, obviously, growing period, like massively growing. So mm. work hard, you get results. Absolutely <laughs> right. right. Absolutely right. right. I made a tray baker brownies the other day at work and I had to cut them into portions. I think I got 28 portions out of it and that felt like a ball egg. So <laughs> to do 800, <laughs> I'll take me out of clear if I had one. Uh, so the second question uh, this week came in from Jim Lampard. Good old Jim. What, what our hero ingredient was. Go on, Chief, you far away. Uh, I've thought about this a lot, actually. Mm. Uh, but I'm going to have to say, because I'm a fat bastard, uh, <laughs> butter. Butter. Gotta be butter. That's it. The kitchen, the kitchen god. Butter. It's yeah. just so versatile, isn't it? And it adds the flavour, and it's in everything. It's in everything that you make. 
I've seen you stir. I've seen you stir in your tea before. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. Uh, yeah, love butter. Base, yeah. base steaks and stuff with butter, and obviously yeah. cakes and brownies. I think it's one of those and- things. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things that a lot of people who see, you know, chefs on TV when they're cooking and they're putting butter in the pan, you know, to base meat and fish and vegetables as well. People get scared. They go, "Oh God, that's got to be so bad for you because of all the butter you're putting in there." But you know, you're, you're not eating that butter. You know, you're using no. it to flavor and to cook. You're not actually going to tip all that onto the plate and just spoon it up like some kind of <laughs> yeah soup, soup de bernoise or something <laughs> like <about> that. <laughs> but no, so so you must shift through quite a bit of butter in in uh, in your daily routines there, Katie. Yeah, I um I go through about. Uh, close to four kilograms of butter a day. Yeah, putting you, so, putting you to shame, yeah. putting you to shame. It's a lot, it's a lot of butter. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing. Oh god, four kilos. And can I ask, yeah. what um, do you do for the vegan alternatives? Do you do you have a vegan use, butter or do you use? Yeah, I use vice light. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, how, how, and how, then use a different how, how does that compare flavor-wise? Um, flavor-wise, I mean, it's a lot. It's got a lot more um, moisture in it, so it releases more moisture. So I just kind of balance out with putting more flour in, um, okay. because obviously a traditional brownie is mainly like your eggs and your sugar kind of thing, and good quality chocolate is what you need in a good mm. brownie. Um, so yeah, so I just kind of balance out with a bit more flour, and then kind of accounts for that. Um, but yeah, I use vice light and then I use chia. I use a chia egg actually, which I like, I think it's quite rare. I've never seen another vegan brownie that uses chia eggs, but they seem to work really well and everyone loves them. So, I, I, I don't even know what that is. Egg. Oh, okay, so it's just chia <laughs> seeds that you then soak in water and they become right. they, it's a bit like a flax egg. I don't know if you've known that for mm-hmm. a vegan alternative, yeah. So, it's a bit like a flax egg, but using chia seeds instead, right? Um, and it forms like a paste and it, mm. yeah. It's just, Different kind of um, egg replacement. Aquafaba. Yeah, aquafaba. Yeah, that's chickpea water. Yeah, yeah. Good for meringues. Mm. Great for meringues. You told me that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Very good for meringues. Um, So so what would your hero ingredient be then, Katie? It doesn't have to be something that you use a lot in the professional realm, but it can just be, or something that you Um, just really love to use or can't get enough of. I love using like actual seeds, like coriander seeds, mustard oh, yeah. seeds, mm. caraway seeds. That's I'm a little bit obsessed with those at the moment. Mm. I think a um, caraway seed, a caraway seed is well underused in my opinion. Yeah, and fennel seeds as well. That's mm. my absolute favourite seed. Is a fennel yeah. seed. I'll stick it in anything. Mm. So yeah, seeds. seeds. Seeds of any description. Of any, I just love them. <laughs> yeah, you can often see Katie just. Strolling up and down the key and exit, just flinging, just holding them, flinging yeah. handfuls of seeds yeah. to the just pigeons, just seeds everywhere, them, throwing them at strangers. You know, <laughs> and what is your hero <laughs> ingredient, Chief? Well, I, I was trying to think, like you say, about something different or quirky, but just I think one of the things that I love to eat, and if it's on a menu in any way, shape, or form, will gravitate to it. Um, it's duck. I just love duck. 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 I think it's mm. just it's it's a hugely versatile meat. It's so flavoursome. You know, the legs are beautiful when they're slow roasted or confit traditionally. In the French school of cooking, duck breast itself, lovely sort of light gamey flavour. Pairs well with so many different things. You know, you can go fruity, you can go spicy, you can, you know, add heat to it. 
I just think it's just such a wonderful, wonderful yeah. thing to cook with. And uh, as yeah. long as that fat's rendered down, as long as the fat is rendered down, you're quite right because it goes lovely and crispy. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. worse than a soggy duck skin. No, you don't <laughs> want that. If you can't cook duck skin properly, just take it off. Yeah, because it'll just it'll, it'll detract from the pleasure of eating at the end of the day if the the skin's a bit on the flabby side. But yeah, I used to remember um, picking them up from the supermarkets when I was working out in France, and you get the big what they call magres, the magre mm-hmm. du canard, and the and the breasts are just. I'm trying to do a scope on the screen here, but it doesn't do it justice. They are just huge. So, you know, one of those would easily feed two people. Um, but yeah, I just, I just love it. It's delicious. Fantastic. That's it. Good set of questions Fantastic. there, actually. Mm. Good set so, of questions. Uh, yeah. If you have got a question, you can uh, Instagram us at prepkitchenpod or email us at prepkitchenpod at gmail.com. I always forget that one. I know. You're the man for the plug of our own podcast. I don't do that. I don't know. Yeah. Why. No, I know. Plug yourself. No. He does. And I get it wrong all the time. <laughs> you do. You do. It's because there's so many preps and pods. And, there's know. too many peas. Yeah. Too many peas in this particular pod. Is that what you're trying That's to say? Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Very good. Boom, boom. Right. So, Katie, this is, this is the part of the show I suppose you've been looking forward to the most because this is all about you. <laughs> this is why you're here. You're here to tell us. And everyone that's listening, hopefully, um, what it is you do, how you got started. So, just give us a little bit of background on sort of where you are now, what what, what it is you do on a daily basis, and yeah, um, well, I'm a Night Bites, which is a tiny little um, baking business that I set up last. Well, I established it last June and then launched in August. Um, it was after kind of months of lockdown and realizing that I just love to bake and then I got told that I should start selling my bakes as as kind of a joke really and then I was like oh I mean, why not actually um and then made sure I had all the legal stuff sorted and then yeah I just kind of um started baking brownies and it's kind of gone from there, really. It's That's how this podcast started. As a, as joke. a joke. As a yeah. joke. The best things yeah. do. The best stories. <laughs> and it still is a joke. joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, now I'm, um, I've kind of expanded slightly. I'm doing more cakes now um, as well. Um, but, yeah. I post, I do postal brownies in different, loads of different flavours. And, yeah. That's me. That's you. Fantastic. Where would you say your sort of passion for cookery comes from? Um, well, I sounds so cliche, but I was always in the kitchen as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I just love the feeling of someone enjoying what I've cooked. Yeah. I'm I'm I love to host. I love making big meals for people. Um, I always have done. And then coming well, going to university. And being the one who hosted at university was always a big deal for me. Um, so, yeah, I think I just love that feeling of just someone else enjoying what I've made. Yeah. I think that's the essence of cooking, isn't it? I mean, people yeah. go off and they obviously do all these things, wonderful things at wonderful places. But the essence of it, you know, at its core is is to be welcoming. It's to be homely. It's to nourish yeah. people. It's food's what brings people together. Like you said, as cliche and corny as things that sound, it is. You know, it used to be, you know, the, the part of the week you would all one day on a Sunday, yeah. just the family get together and, you know, you break bread. And, and I think 
it's important that you try as much as you can to hold on to those sentiments and put that into what it is you do. Yeah, hence, hence why you're making generous, delicious chocolatey treats and other things <laughs> like that. Yeah, is, no, I completely agree. Is, is, is there a plan for you going forward? Have you got any sort of ideas on where you think things might be once normal life resumes? Um, well, I've got a few, I've got a few plans. I've got, I'd, I'd, Ideally, in the future, the goal is to have my own little bakery, um, just a place where people can come and be themselves and eat the food I make. Um, but like, yeah, that kind of safe space. But um, I don't know. I've got, I've got, a, I don't know whether to kind of put nights bites on hold going into the next year and then try and find uh, more of a, a job where I can learn more culinary stuff because I did I did work in the kitchen at, yeah. at um, a cafe but I didn't really learn a lot in terms of like fine dining kind of stuff and that's just to really get like a, a good bedrock like under my skills that would be quite cool um, but also a very aware that it's very difficult to get a job at the moment so more than happy to just continue doing what I'm doing at the moment really so I've got a few ideas but we'll just kind of see where it goes It's nice to hear um, a chef wanting to learn more from a different yeah. area I think you can either get stuck where you are yeah. and what you're doing or uh, a lot of chefs I've seen, not recently, but before this all started, um, just wanting to go in a bit too high. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I can't give you an example because none are coming to mind right now, obviously. But uh, yeah, trying to go into a, a higher level than what they are. Yeah, I like, I'm, very, I'm very aware that I, I have not come from, I have, didn't go to culinary school. I I, you know, I'm very aware of that. Um, and so I, I'm just really passionate about flavours and food. And so I'd love to learn. Um, you know, if culinary school was free, I'd, I'd be knocking on its doors. But <laughs> no, um, it yeah. It's not an essential thing, is it? No, no, but I was, I was in exactly the same boat as what Katie was a few years back. You know, I, I just wanted to get into, uh, into cookery as, mm -hmm. as a job, as a career. And you know, I, was, I was a little bit older than what you are now, I'm guessing. You know, I was 20, 26 when I started cooking properly as, yeah. a, as a career. And I'm guessing, you know, without going into too much detail, you might be a few years off 26 at this precise moment in time. Um, 21. 21. There we go. So, so you, as, if you can use me as anything, it's an example that there's plenty of time still. Um, yeah. But it, it's, it's such, a, such a, an important thing that you say, and you're absolutely right, you've, you've got to get a decent grasp on, on the basics before you start, you know, jumping into anything too serious, you know, having a good grounding. And like Paul will definitely agree with me, you see many chefs who have got huge gaps in the repertoire, you know what I mean, yeah. by they're, they're more than happy to put sparified cucumber balls and swipes of gel and, you know, dehydrated this, that or the other, but they can't oh, yeah. make short crust pastry, you know. So you don't want to be one of those cooks who can look all flash and pretty, but when it comes down to the crunch, you know, you don't know how to fill it a mackerel or something very basic yeah. like that. But I, I urge you to keep going with it. And if there's anything I can do to help you out along the way, and I'm pretty sure Paul will be the same with any advice and help to get you started, you know, all you got to do is ask. Thank you. 
Thank you. Um, I've been there. I've been there. I, I have a little admission to make. I have a slight obsession with your Instagram page. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, your oh. brownies look amazing. Uh, what is your favourite one? I oh, see. I actually planned for this question. Um, so <laughs> I've got two, really. I make a sticky toffee pudding one, which it just... I'm. I love dates. I love molasses, and I, I, I love the flavors of the Middle East. And dates like feature so much there. Um, but yeah, I think that one just because it makes my whole like kitchen just smell incredible. Um, but I was really, really proud of one of my February specials, and it was a cherry bakewell brownie. Um, I basically made it look like a cherry bakewell, but taste like a brownie, but also taste like a cherry bakewell. It was, I just, I was so proud of it. Um, so it had like marzipan and it had like flaked almonds and it was from, yeah, I was just really proud of it. So that one, I think. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. You can see, you can see by um, how excited you get by answering the question <laughs> by yeah. like how much you love what you do and that's so yeah. infectious. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, and that sounds delicious, by the way. A sticky toffee brownie. I tried some of these brownies. I, I was going to be really cheeky and send a message before we came on and be like, well, you're going to have to send us out some brownies. Oh, I'm not, I'm not happy to send you guys out. Absolutely. We, we, we will pay for them because I do know that's, that some bits and pieces that you, you will do. Pay. I will pay for them. Yeah. I will um, eat. You, you will eat. I'll pay. Because <laughs> there is some bits you do for, you've been involved with a few charities as well, I've seen recently. So stuff you're trying to sell is yeah. going to help people out as well, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I do, it's a big part of um, the business that I know, so I really want to keep going forward as well. So, yeah. Mainly for me is for Shelter, um, which is a homeless charity, um, because it's something I feel incredibly strongly about, and I get really, um, pas- well, not passionate, it's not word, but like upset And when mm. I walk through Exeter and I see and how bad it's got over the last four years that I've lived here. Um, so... Yeah, so Shelter. And then um, I've worked with a couple others. So St. Petrox, which is, again, another homeless charity. And then Beat, which is a charity which um, um, families for eating disorders. And then I have Calm Zone, which is an unwanted health charity. So quite a few, but mainly Shelter. Fantastic. Yeah. I think it's great if you can um, help out charities that you feel strongly about at the same time yeah. doing something you enjoy. I mean, I've always, like, you hear people say, like, I'm doing this for charity, that for charity, and it's and, and they're able to think of incorporating their own passions into helping other charities out. I've not been able to do that. I've thought of doing stuff for charity before, but I'm like, I'm gonna have to run. I don't want to run. Um, I don't. Want, I, I, I I couldn't do that. I don't even think I could do a a marathon to raise money for my own family. I don't think I could even manage that. <laughs> so for other people, I'd be stuck. But no, I think that's really good. I'm thinking there's more fundraising stuff on the way as well. Yeah, um, yeah, there is, yeah. Yeah, well, like I said before, just let us know and um, we'll we'll put the word out there, won't we, Chief? We certainly will. We certainly will. Absolutely. So, go, um, on. go on, far away. I suppose the last big thing is what do you want to achieve once uh, this is over, COVID, pandemics? I think you've sort of answered it, but I'll ask yeah. it again. Mainly just a bakery, really. I, 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 there's a there's an old pub right next to where I live, and it's just I just love to lease it and just turn it into my own space. But obviously, that's so unrealistic. Um, but um, I just love a space where people can come in and just be themselves, and like it doesn't, you know, 
I'm just I'm speaking good words here. Um, like come in and try my food, but it's also a space where you can like socialize and like there's just no no like stigma attached or anything. Like, you can just come in and be completely yourself, and it's safe and a haven. And I'd quite like as well. This is quite different, but I'd quite like um, to. Um, my brother's autistic, um, so I'd I really love a space where autistic children could come in and experience a sensory experience through baking. Mm-hmm. That would mean a lot for me if I could do something like that and if I was able to do something like that because I think baking is a fantastic way of bringing people together. Um, yeah, so then where do you like things? Yeah, amazing. Uh, that sounds incredible. I wish I had your drive when I was 21. <laughs> I wish some, I, I wish I could make brownies at twenty one. Yeah, I was just some troll behind a stove somewhere at twenty one. But <laughs> what's changed, Chief? Nah, <laughs> apart from the Not fact you've got older, that's yeah. about the only difference. Older, I get to write the menus now. Yeah, that's cool. It was, it was actually sort of it's it's, it's quite um, interesting, but it was it was actually baking, and I'm, I'm by no means a fantastic baker at all. But it was baking that first got me into food properly probably when I was about your age I suppose um, I remember it was vividly uh, Mother's Day and Dad said to me I'm going to cook Mother's Day lunch for you mum which I was thankful for because I didn't want him to cook for anyone else's mum Mother's Day um, <laughs> and then he said and you're going to make pudding why don't you bake her a cake she likes cakes and I was like yeah I'll bake her a cake and I thought to myself I ain't got a bloody clue how to bake a cake and I was like how hard can it be? Like, why do I not know how to bake a cake? I'm 21 years of age. Surely everyone's baking cake from time to time. Anyway, I muddled my way through a Victoria sponge. It actually turned out quite good by some miracle. It turned out quite nice. And then sort of having eaten it, I was just like, wow. Like, a couple of hours ago, I just had just some eggs and a bit of flour and some butter. And now I've got this thing that's actually quite delicious and surprisingly edible. And from there, I was then like, well, what other stuff can I make? And then I think for mum's birthday, I made a key lime pie or something like that. And then I just kept trying stuff out. And there was a huge amount of failures, obviously, in between. I think yeah. was, and, and, you know, you must have experienced this as well when you're trialing out recipes. There's an awful lot of failure that has to take place before you get to the point where you're happy, especially with you when you're selling your goods. Yeah. You know, you yeah, just got to try it, and you? Just got to stick your neck on the line and go for it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And not get annoyed at failures as well. That's the trick. Part of the the journey. Failure is the best teacher, isn't it, as they say? Yeah. Yeah. You need to work at stuff, don't you? Of course you do. I know we've worked with a chef that would come Mm -hmm. up with a menu idea and the next day it would be on the menu. and There's there's no disaster. You know, we're looking at sort of six months before you're putting on something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we would at least trial things out. You know, to, it's not like we're in the position where we've got a development kitchen and chefs that are set aside to develop dishes for us while we're taking care of business. We've got to find time in the day, didn't we, to um, mm. develop bits and pieces. So it'd be, yeah. you know, I've got a quiet Monday. I'll order in an extra few bits and pieces and we'll and we'll have a little run through um, what it is we want to try and achieve. But yeah, failure is necessary. And it's also exposing yourself to failure. You've got to put yourself in deep waters sometimes, haven't you? Mm. You can't just, yeah. and, and I'm guilty of it. Um, and I'm sure Paul is as well. There's things that you're not that confident about in cookery, and, and you shy away from doing them. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do that, don't you, Chief? Not just me. Oh, yeah, always, yeah. Yeah, you sort of be reserved and go, oh, I've never been very good at pastry usually. Yeah, I've never been very good at X, Y, Z, so I won't do it. And, that, and that's not the best way to develop, is it? That's not the best way to learn. No. I think you've just got to chuck yourself in there sometimes, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Is there anything on your radar, Katie, that you want to sort of give a try to and you've been reluctant or hesitant thus far or you're obviously braver than Paul and I and you go straight for it? <laughs> no, um, definitely. Like, I don't know anything really about meat or fish. Um, so that, I would like, as, as, as a, I am a vegan, but I would love to learn the art of it because it, it is an art. So, yeah. But it scares me because I literally don't know what I'm doing. So, yeah. Have, have you ever eaten meat and fish? Yeah, but I, yeah. I stopped eating meat when I was 19. So I hadn't really cooked, but I'd cooked about chicken breast and that was about it. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, so I haven't really done anything. Um, and I, you know, watch all the like, Master Chef and cooking, cooking shows and I'm like, oh, just it's so cool what they do. So, mm. Yeah, but there, there there is definitely an art to it. I suppose you'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Chief? Mm. There's definitely an art to it, an art to cooking, to to, to cooking meat and cooking fish. Oh properly. yeah, I mean, I mean, there's an yeah. art to cooking anything, but you know, yeah. I mean, I, I I think what Katie's alluding to is you know how it is that centerpiece of the dish. You know, mm. when you just see a lovely glistening piece of fish or beautifully yeah. pink all the way through, yeah. you know, loin of lamb or something like that. It just it's looks, just those extra seconds, isn't it? Either side, and yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's why I enjoy cooking them. Being on the meat and fish section, yeah, you're well, that's, against it. Yeah, you almost seemingly, if, you, if you're organised, you've, you've you've got more time. Yeah, to just work at your own pace. Do, do you do much pastry work yourself in terms of what you would consider general patisserie, or is it mainly? Mm, not really. I was the main. I did all the cakes and stuff at Boston, and um, that was kind of my role, um, mainly. So I guess that, but not really. I haven't, haven't really had an experience. I'd love to get an actual experience in a pub kitchen. It'd be really cool just to yeah. see what it's like. It is good. It's good. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. It can be. I, I absolutely loved working in the kitchen at Boston. So it'd be really fun to see. And that's only, that's only just a daytime cafe. So I'd love sure. to work in a restaurant and see what it's like. Well, if, it is if, good fun. If, if you've got that passion to do it, and you're and you determined to do it, then I've got absolutely no doubts that that's exactly where you'll end up because people, you know, I think Paul and I might have spoken before, either on the podcast or just in in real life, so to speak. You know, you will always take someone with with less skill but more enthusiasm nine times out of ten than someone who thinks they know it all and they've got a bit of experience and, they're you know, they're just coasting through it as a job. They don't see it so much as a... Yeah. career or a passion it's a job you know you, you when someone yeah, comes right. in and, and they've got like a real buzz about what they're doing and they just want to learn each and every day and soak up as much as they can those are the people that you have more pleasure working with and, and sort of teaching in a way because you, you know you've got their attention yeah and you could see a, a development then as well it is yeah. it's, you it's, can see them develop as a chef and before yeah. you know it they're after your job and yeah <laughs> destitute yeah yeah <laughs> and then you're on the outside looking in through the window are you oh you yeah. used to cook in there yeah. Yeah, this is <laughs> um, I was going to ask you one final question about what do you think is required and how would you go about making the perfect brownie 
Oh, okay. Um, it's so important to have good quality chocolate. That I think is really important. Like, I don't use cocoa powder at all, and and a lot of brownie recipes that you find will incorporate cocoa powder. And I think no. Um, so good quality chocolate, um, and then you've. I think to get a good, you know, the crackle on top. Mm-hmm. To get that, that um, whip the sugar and eggs quite a bit together. Um, put all that air into it, and then and um, yeah, they're my two main things. I've been asked that question before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And salt. Don't shy away from salt. Chocolate loves salt. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Chocolate Could loves you salt. Um, give our listeners a peek behind the curtain of what chocolate you use? Or is it a trade uh, secret? I mean, I use Cabo. I don't know if that's how you say it. I think that's how you say it. Uh, close enough for what we do. Yeah. Um, is it the uh, 70%? Do you go for a bitter dark chocolate or somewhere in the middle? I have a combo. I use um, I use fifty four point five and then seventy point five. I uh, do both. Yeah. Uh, see, that's, that's I like that seventy five. Trick there, that's is good. it? I must admit, I made brownies at work, and I use my uh, fiance Harriet's recipe because she's a very good baker. Um, yeah. And she uses seventy percent cocoa. It's gluten free. It's just ground almonds in there to replace the yeah. flour. And she did say to whisk up the sugar and the eggs for quite a long time to really, really, really thick and creamy. Yeah, but she, but she does use cocoa powder, so I will tell her mm. on the authority of a professional who sells her product yeah. uh, that cocoa She's powder wrong. is a no-no. She's wrong. Well, it depends what, as well. It depends what type of cocoa powder you're using as well, I think. Well, this was, um, I can't remember what it's called now. It came in a very posh sealed bag and it looked very ethically sourced. Mm, that is quite, yeah. So that was a good one. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just one from a... <laughs> From a supermarket, seventy-five pound a bag. Well, I didn't pay. For it. Yeah, I didn't pay for it. But yeah, was it, that it Chris did. from Dark Fresh selling you that again? It wasn't Chris from Dark Fresh. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Actually, no, it was Chris from Dark Fresh. Yeah, I did get it yeah. from Dark Fresh. I thought yeah, I got of course, it from he sent me it the other day as well. Oh, did he? <laughs> the big bag. It's good stuff. Actually, the big bag of it. It's good stuff. So that's the secret to the brownie. Fantastic. No, yeah. no cocoa. Two different types of chocolate. Salt. Chocolate yeah. loves salt. And good a little quality bit of chocolate. And a good quality chocolate and a little bit of skill. You know, you've got to take some Fantastic. of the credit. You just got to listen to it and know when it's done. Don't overbake it. Don't overbake it. Do you, do you go for a very sort of fudgy brownie or? Yeah, fudgy, mm. gooey, fudgy rather yeah. than cakey. Do you serve it warm? Um, I've actually never had one. Um, I suppose that makes sense, being a vegan and all. So, yeah. So, um, but I, I know people do. My girlfriend likes to eat them from the fridge, which is weird. Um, but one of her housemates eats them in yeah, the microwave. That's a little bit so, weird. Eats them, it? In, yeah. eats them in the microwave. How big's your microwave? <laughs> yeah, it gets in it. it just gets in there. Up a little tent. Yeah, starts chewing on some brownies. <laughs> well, what you'll have to do is send Paul some and he'll tell you how good they are. Yeah, you can tell me the best way of and eating the best a brownie. Way, the best way to eat them. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if you've got any more questions to add there, Chief. I don't think so. I think we've covered everything brownie related. So uh, it's time for your favourite section. It's uh, the cookbook review. It's uh, called Paul's book review. It, Paul's You've got to book say review. So, oh, so, Ed, so, he can... so, so Ed can put some sound effects. Let's do that again. Yeah. Go on, give it some Paul's book review. It's time for Paul's book review. So I knew that we had a uh, uh, 
someone who wants to go into the catering industry. So I've gone to the deepest depths of my cookbook shelf oh, and no. I pulled this out, oh, which God. looks like a really crappy old book. But this is my copy of uh, Escoffier, A Guide to Modern Cookery. Oh, wow. You can't see it because the light's on it. Uh, I was given this many, many years ago. Um, and uh, every chef should have this. This is a bit of a chefy book review this week. Have you got one? Me? No. Yeah. I, I actually don't have one, no. <laughs> oh, God. I, so, uh, as soon as you said every chef should have one, I was thinking he's going to ask me if I've got one. Now I bloody know he is. <laughs> and I knew you didn't have one. I know you. I knew you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I knew you didn't I have knew one. I knew it. Uh, so, like you were saying earlier, uh, chefs... Um, go straight in with the gels and things. This book is just packed full of everything you will need to know about cookery. Um, how to prep dishes, menu ideas. There's some menus in the back. This one's falling apart now, but um, it's not one that you'd go to as you go on in your career for menu ideas because this was come out in, I don't even know what year this came out. Oh, that's probably one of the second or third it. editions, that isn't it? Because it would have all been in. It was all. But it was all in French when first published, was it not? This was first published in 1907. Yeah, and then this so, one was. So this so one came about in 1959. Yeah. So when it says the yeah. guide to modern cookery, it's obviously yeah modern of its time. Yeah. However, still useful. Um, Hugely, it will tell you how to um, uh, prep stuff down and uh, cook stuff. Some of the dishes in here are a bit. So I haven't picked any out this week, but they're all in French. I don't know if you can uh-huh. see it. Studied French University. Oh, fantastic. So, so good. <laughs> this should be so, easy. All the dishes are in French. Obviously, the um, techniques were in English, but yeah. So, Katie, uh, for your uh, going into catering, it, going into the catering industry, I suggest you buy this one. Good and if there's any junior chefs watching, uh, or listening, buy yourself a copy of Escoffier's Guide to Modern Cookery. And if you've been in the industry for seven years, like some people who will go eight. unnamed, eight, eight years, <laughs> buy yourself a copy of Escoffier. I do have a similar kind of book downstairs, but it's it, but but it's not Le Guide Culinaire um, yeah. from Escoffier. Are, are you familiar with Escoffier at all, Katie? No. No. There's a there's a there's a great little documentary which Michelle Rue Jr. made on BBC Two. A few years ago now, but you can find it on YouTube, and it's all to do with Escoffier, and basically it's it's to do with his life, his career, his work, but how he left um, such a huge, well, an, an, an indelible mark on cookery. You know, the brigade system, which chefs you hear Paul talk about earlier on, like junior sous chefs, chef de parties, things like that. That's one of the things that he imparted onto um, kitchens that are still used today. It's that brigade system. It's that way of working, you know, where the garnish is in time with the fish and the meat and the sauce, and it all comes up to the pass at the same time. It's all to do with, you know, getting kitchens to communicate. But he was a really interesting guy. And uh, if you can get hold of that um, documentary on YouTube, I would suggest just type in Michelle Jew, uh, Michelle Rue Jr. <laughs> Michelle, you'll get Michelle a Jew. <laughs> Michelle Jew is going to bring you something totally different, I'd imagine. Uh, Michelle <laughs> Rue Jr., Escoffier, yeah. and um, he he does reiterate even further like, the importance of that book. Um, but it's definitely worth watching. I think that's a stellar choice for this week, Chief. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were on about a few years ago going to France. 
if we ever go to France, I would like to go to a bookshop and see if I can get a French copy of this. Yeah. I can't read French very well, but I think it'd be a bit of um, culinary history. It, well, like it is. Get. It is. I mean, there's. If you you look through that book and and things of of that age show you how much um, eating fashions have changed. You know, there's ingredients in there which would have been commonplace on French tables, and even on British tables. You know, decades or a century ago, mm. and they're just not seen anymore. They're just not heard of. And food goes. It, it is a cyclical thing. So. You know, it might be worth keeping hold of a book like that because in 25, 30 years' time, some of the dishes may come back round into fashion again and you've got that book mm. as a reference point and it goes into great detail of telling you how to prepare and make the best of certain ingredients. And it's great for the cheaper cuts, as we spoke about a few weeks back as well. It'd be great for that sort and of And if stuff. I ever do get onto MasterChef, The Professionals, I will do everything from this. Every, yeah. Every little modern, Monica modern and Marcus McNavy. They oh, would they love would, it. They would love it. If you yeah. went on there and started doing the most, you know, I'm classical classical <laughs> French dishes. Uh, poulet sauté uh, Gabriel. Well, the Gabriel's the sauce, is it not? Uh, mm. It's, uh, yeah. Sauté chicken in butter without coloration and dish it. Swill the one eighth pint of mushroom cooking liquor and one three, yeah, and three tablespoonfuls of bechamel sauce and three tablespoons of cream. Reduce and finish the sauce away from the fire with one and a half ounces of butter. Pour the sauce over the chicken. Sprinkle it. Uh, sprinkle it some very black truffle, cut julienne fashion, and surround it with little leaves of puff paste, baked white. Baked white. There you go. So, but, it, but what we were talking about, and we mentioned this so many times. You can get modern versions yeah. of this, by the way. Even even that little recipe there for that very old dish, which I don't think you could go anywhere. You you would probably struggle to find it on a menu in France, that particular dish. But in terms of the flavour combinations that are used and certain methods and techniques, that's a dish you could easily modernise. That's why you yeah. look through old cookbooks. I've heard it said before from, from chefs, before you look at going forward with food, you've got to look back to see what went before. You know what I mean? So look at what went before, how things were done, you know, how can I modernize or reinvent? It's very difficult to invent anything completely um, yeah. new these days, certainly in terms of, you know, te techniques are new because, you know, technology and the way in which we prepare and look at food is always changing. But yeah, those books are so useful. Let's let's yeah. get hold of one for a cheap. Why don't you hunt one down? I'm gonna. Tr I'll try. Exchange it. Exchange I'll it for a you pack of brownies. brownies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Done. I'll see what I can do. That is it. Just out of curiosity, chief. How long have you had that book for? This one. Yeah. Um. Nine, ten years. Nine, ten years. This was oh. one of the first, first ones I got. And you probably I was gifted through. it by a very old head chef, but but he wasn't old, but. One of my old edge chefs. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice thing. Yeah, it's a, a nice, little, thing. It's nice little touch. I'll have to find my uh, French book downstairs and bring it on for next week. Oh, you stroll can take over there. Just stro no, I'm not going to do a book review. No, yeah. just stroll we can just stroll through some old recipes and <laughs> talk about updating them. Um, now, I hope you two have, you know, been exercising your brains a bit today and they're not completely fatigued but they're strong and they're ready because this is challenging. you both ready yeah 
Okay, so last week, uh, Paul just held on to his title um, with a draw because yeah. because he's on because he's on home turf. The draw is good enough for him. Okay, so you <laughs> you you have to beat him outright in order okay. to take in order to take the challenge chief title. So Paul. Uh, tied with Jade from Artist and Pizza last week on Italian food. Almost didn't, but you almost wrong, didn't. So. Almost didn't. Um, but that was due to a technical hiccup. By technical hiccup, I mean my inability to read plain English. Um, <laughs> so I thought, with 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 you being in the house and uh, being a baker and aspiring uh, pastry chef, uh, this is a quiz all about baking. So it's a mixture of sort of home baking, classical French patisserie, and a couple of silly questions thrown in there for good measure. <laughs> so I'm going to go through the questions one at a time. When you think you know the answer, just you know make a note of it or write it down, whatever you want to do. Don't worry if you haven't got a pen and paper because you're, oh, you're she's prepared. Ah, she's prepared. She's prepared. I'm ready. She's ready to go. Um, and then at the end, we'll go through them again and we'll see who the winner is. This is going to be tight, I think. This is going to be close. Uh, just so everyone aware it's at home. Uh, everyone at home is aware. I'm not cheating. I'm typing <laughs> out the answers. Mm. Gonna... He said that last week and still didn't win, so I believe you. <laughs> Okie dokie. Are we ready to go? Yes. Yeah. Question one. I'm sure you're both familiar with uh, creme patissière or creme patisserie, the classic pastry cream. But what name is given to it in French when you add whipped cream to the mix? Why do you, where do you find this shit? <laughs> so creme patissière uh, with some whipped cream added in French is called what? That's question one. Katie's off to a flyer. That was written down with I'm confidence. Still, I'm still typing. Know. You're still typing. I expect a French pronunciation now. We know your background in the language, Katie, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just that. <laughs> Ready? Number two? Hang on. Hang on. He's Googling. Well, uh, <laughs> not Googling, look. <laughs> Ready? I've finished. You finished. Okay. Question two. Sasha tort or Saka tort um, is a chocolate cake that originates from which country? Could you please give the spelling? <laughs> oh, ah. We love the spelling. Absolutely. <laughs> It'll be my pleasure. Um, S. A C H E T O R T E Sakatort or Sashatort is a chocolate cake that originates from which country? Mm. I'm mm. not sure. I'm not sure who's got more to lose in this particular quiz. The uh, aspiring baker with not any me, business or, the pastry. Or, <laughs> or or a chef with nearly 15 years' experience. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> Right, question three. Now this one, I will take uh, whichever one of you is the closest to the actual number. We'll get the point. So to the nearest gram, how much in grams is 10 ounces? Oh. To the nearest gram, how much in grams is 10 ounces? Um... 10 ounces. 10 ounces. No, I've got no idea. I don't know how many grams there in an ounce. Mm. Should know this. Um, no, 
Mm. I have no idea I'm going to have 10 ounces. It's quite a lot. 10 ounces is a, is a fair old bit, yeah. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I know. I should hope so. <laughs> Going on last week's performance, though, I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure what you do know. No. Right, question four. Mm. Question four. Croc on bouche. You've come across a croc on bouche before? Mm-hmm. What does it mean in English? What does the phrase or word croc-en-bouche mean in English? Katie's going to smash this one. I'm, I promise you I didn't know she knew French before. <laughs> oh, uh, I've stitched you up here, Chief. Hey, fuck me here, haven't you? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just waiting for a service. We work together. <laughs> and I'm going to absolutely do you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Okay. And this is a, this is a nice one. And again, I'll take the person who's closest um, can get a point, unless they're absolutely correct, in which case they get it out right. Um, how old is Mary Berry? Ooh. How old is Mary Berry? Mary Berry? Yeah. No idea. Mary Berry? <laughs> The Mary Berry, yeah. Does she come to you? She turns up, she turns up with a lemon sponge <laughs> and slaps it in your boat. And off she goes. Mary Berry. Mary Berry. Um you keep saying a name like you're not sure who she is, she's like, oh, I've, I've I've just did, did, did I go to school with her? Mary Berry, that name runs a bell. Uh she's quite old, isn't she? Well, yeah. Do you want to the nearest century or? Well, the nearest century would be one, surely. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Um, question, what is it? Six? Yes, question six. Yes. How many seasons has there been of the Great British Bake Off? Are we counting Channel 4? Yes. Okay. Counting, but we're not counting like Christmassy specials and okay, stand up. Like just traditional it. standard. Okay. Obscure people plucked from their homes in and around the UK. Oh, I don't watch it. Bake in front of the nation. You don't watch it? I've never seen it. That's sacrilege. Shame on you, Paul. It's not my bag. <laughs> it's not your bag. So how many seasons have there been of the Great British Bake Off? Too many. Too many. I do watch the um, Professional. professionals one because some of the uh, RAF uh, teams there, people I used to work with, so. Yeah. See, like, oh, like, see how they get on. But yeah. uh, don't watch the other one. No. I'm not interested in Big Susan from Halifax's sunk Genoese. Fair enough. Yeah. Just don't just don't sit on the fence, Chief. That's what you really think. <laughs> um, <laughs> question seven. Eccles cake. Lovely Eccles cake. Mm. Originates from which English county? Which English county does the Eccles cake originate from? This you've lost. Question. You've lost this, Chief, haven't you? <laughs> you I don't know. know. I'm just. You know. I'm guessing. You're guessing. I'm just guessing. Yeah. I think it can be one of two answers. Yeah, we'll put them both down, and I hope I've gone for the right one. Yeah. Put them both down. Eccles. Eccles. Is there a town called Eccles. I can't give you any more information. I'm afraid, Katie. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> you won't need it. You've already won. Um, I'm going to go for that one. Question eight. A ganache is a combination of chocolate and which other primary ingredient? Nice easy one for you there. Ganache, chocolate, and something else. What's the something else? Uh, question nine. This is another closest to the number. Uh, on average, how many baguettes are eaten in France every year? Every year. Every year. How many baguettes are eaten in France? Looking at the number, it's amazing they get anything else done. <laughs> so on average, how many baguettes a year are eaten in France? And the final one, this is one you're definitely going to get, both of you. Uh, which stone fruit is one of the key ingredients to sticky toffee pudding? It's like it was tailor-made for you, this quiz. <laughs> so which stone fruit is the key ingredient to sticky toffee pudding? That's number 10. Right, whiz through some answers. Sitting comfortably, Chief? Mm -hmm. Not for much longer, mate. Here we go. Right, uh, creme patissier, when added, uh, whipped cream is called? Creme diplomat. Oh, I, I've come on glaze. I had no idea. It's creme légère. Yeah. Creme What's légère. What's creme diplomat, then? The creme diplomat is with the butter. The softened oh, butter added into it. I believe. I might be wrong on that, but... Creme légère. Creme Go légère. and have a look at that one. Hmm. Number two, Sacatort or Sachetort is a chocolate cake that originates from which country? Germany. I also said Germany. Oh, uh, well, you're yeah. both wrong. It's Austria. Oh, I put Austria. Look, I actually put Austria. Uh, I'm sorry. That's Austria. Could, could be a vital, vital mistake, that one. Oh. Uh, question three to the nearest gram, how many grams is 10 ounces? Paul? 1,500. 1,500, Katie? To the nearest 10 ounces. I put 200... No, 2,750. Oh, Paul, Paul gets the point here. Well, uh, how many grams are in an ounce? Well, it's roughly about... It's, the answer's 283.495. Oh, wow. So there's about 28 oh, grams well in an ounce. <laughs> so Paul... <laughs> Paul actually gets the point being almost uh, 10 times over the limit. Um, so well done, Chief. I believe that makes it 1-0 to you. Thank you. Well done. Um, number five. What was it? Number four? can't remember. Uh, croc en bouche. What does it mean in English? Crunches in the mouth. Yeah, that's why I put crunch in the mouth. You're both absolutely correct. Croc en bouche is crunch in the mouth. 2-1. Game on. Uh, number five, is it? Yeah, mm -hmm. number five. How old is Mary Berry, Katie? 63. 63, Paul? 87. She's 85. Is she really? She's 85, yeah. That is amazing. She looks great. She looks great. Her, her birth certificate's actually written in uh, hieroglyphics. She's that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm doing so she well. She's a stone. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's on a cave wall in France. Wow, somewhere. 85. <laughs> 85. That is incredible. It's an achievement, isn't it? To still be yeah. given anywhere, 85, let alone yeah. baking and cooking on TV and all the stuff she does. Credit to the woman. I doff my cap mm. to thee. Um, am I going to give you the point for that, Chief? 
Yeah, you did say near. I did say, yeah. So that's, yeah. Th- that's three one. He's sailing away. Look, uh, how many seasons has there been of the Great British Bake Off? Four? Eight. Eight. Katie? Ten. The answer is 11. Oh. But Katie gets the point for being closer, obviously. That's fine. That makes it 3 2. Uh, Eccles cake originates from which oh. English county? Paul? I'm going to regret whichever one I go for. I'm going to say Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Oh, I put Yorkshire. I have no idea, though. No. What, what was your other choice, Paul? Lancashire. Well, the answer is Lancashire. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I knew that That's would like happen. Germany and Austria. Exactly. I couldn't neighbors. remember which, which half it was. Yeah. Never mind. Well, it was the other one. So, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I wish um, I'd gone for it now. This one you both got right, I'm sure. A ganache is a combination of chocolate and... Cream. Cream, Double yes. Cream. Double cream. Paul, you got that. I won't insult you by getting you to tell me. So that's 4-3. It's tight, isn't it? It's tight. Um, this could settle it, this one. This one could settle it. There's a lot riding on this one. Number nine. <laughs> on average, how many baguettes a year are eaten in France? Paul, I'll let you go first. Uh, I actually didn't know this. Uh, I, one billion. One billion? Yeah, they love a baguette. Katie, how many have you gone that's for? That's a lot. I've gone for one million. You've gone for one million? That's like a big difference. It's a big difference. The the bigger difference, in fact, is um, the correct answer. Uh, on average, the French eat 10 billion baguettes every year. I was going to say a million, uh, and I was trying to think how many people actually are in France. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's so true, actually. Mm. So, it's like 100 million people. And they, do, yeah. they do love a baguette. So, That's so true. Yes, uh, so that makes it 5-3 to Paul. So Paul cannot yeah. lose. Paul cannot Smash, lose. Yeah. Uh, number 10, which stone fruit is the key ingredient to sticky toffee pudding? Dates. Dates is indeed. Good game, good game, good game. <laughs> but unfortunately, Katie, you have been beaten I've by the chief. You've been beaten by the chief. Well, only on certain subjects like, you know, how many ounces are in a... You know, so how many grams are an ounce? No one uses uh, ounces anymore. The age of certain uh, TV personalities <laughs> and the variations of creme patissier, but that's that's basically about it. Other than that, you, you're there. Other than that, you're there. Well, good win, what did Chief. You what was the first answer? What's the first answer? Was was creme leger? Oh, yeah, creme leger. Yeah, yeah. crept diplomats with butter. I think, if I remember rightly, I, I might be wrong. You can you can Google that Google now it. as we speak. If I'm going to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Do you, do you um, make do you make um vegan alternative like pastry cream or anything like that, Katie? Do you use No, I don't really use pastry cream. No. At all, no. I yeah. Um mm, it says that creme diplomat is uh creme patissier with cold butter and whipped cream. Yeah. Close. So Yeah. <laughs> but it's not creme you're leger, not is it? You're not going to count it because you're no. I didn't look at creme leger. <laughs> I'm not going to count it because it's wrong. So um, there you go. Creme leger. He's, he's calling me out on the air. This is. Uh, I'm not calling you out. The level, the level of trust here creme is leger. unbelievable. It's like a broken marriage, this, isn't it? Well, after <laughs> last week, I knew I was I, right. <laughs> I listened to that last week and I said spinach when I was playing along. And I was when you said eggs, I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was looking at the wrong thing. I was looking at where it had the cross next to the wrong answer. I was like, even that doesn't look right to me. But then I yeah. literally 
I literally scrolled down just a touch and uh my days of making eggs florentine every day. You were never making it, were you? You were making egg egg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, according to me and my stupidity. Are uh, you, you happy are with right. that, Chief? I am right. You are right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But, um, <laughs> I just got to check. Okay. Well, there's a huge segment there to cut out, you know, the, the mistrust. Um, I want it kept yeah. in. That's, you want it kept in? I want people to know what I'm dealing with. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I appreciate your honesty. Um, but, but, that's, <laughs> but that's a win, isn't it? That's a win for the Chief. So, in terms of guests coming on, you are a draw and a win. Yeah, they're never coming back. They're never coming back. Well, they could come back or to challenge. Maybe they will come day. back to defend their title. To defend. try and win. Yeah, yes. take the crown. Take the crown. Um, <laughs> speaking of um, winning, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was so cheap. Uh, speaking of uh, winning, it brings, us, <laughs> it brings us on to uh, this week's ingredient challenge. Mm. Mm. Katie. Yeah. Oh, me. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I um, accidentally bought two kilograms of pistachios and I don't, I um, need to use them. So this week I would love to you guys to challenge off against pistachios. I'm going to join pistachios, in. you're going to join in. Oh, wow. Have you got something in yes. mind? Do you make something with I pistachios? Got, I, well, I, do, I do a brownie, a vegan brownie that's got pistachios in, but I... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and mix it up and make something else if I find the time, which yes. I'm sure I will. So yes. Well, I look forward to seeing that, Chief. Anything come to mind straight away? Mm. No, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> Keep it that way. Work. Keep well, it. Take a little bit of work. Yeah. What about you? Have you got anything else? Have you um, anything in mind? Well, a couple of ideas, yeah, but these are things that I think Paul's seen before because I would have used them in this way when we worked together. So I'll try and think of something different or I might play it just really classically and just hope to just to nail the cook on something very familiar. Have you been keeping up with the ingredient challenges so far, have you, Katie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason I like to talk about this segment is because I'm winning, so. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do the coffee one, but then I just ran oh, out. I just got bothered. Did not bother. I'm just going to let you do them. He's going to let me do them? Yeah, I might just not bother. That's not the spirit. I don't know what I can do to win people over here. Well, I don't know. Cook something more appealing? I don't know. Might help. (laughs) (laughs) What a cock. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Um, So, yeah, that's the ingredient challenge. That's pistachios. If you yeah. could send me some pistachios, Katie, that'd be nice. I, mean, I would also kilograms. like some cakes. <laughs> you got two. You got two kilos. Yeah. Oh, are, are you baking tomorrow? Yeah. Yes, it's Monday tomorrow. Yes, I'm baking. Can I? Can I? I've got to come into Exit tomorrow. Can I swing by and pick up some pistachios? Yeah, you socially, genuinely can. Socially distanced, of get, course. I need to get rid of the pistachios. <laughs> They're just sitting in my kitchen. That's, that's <laughs> disgraceful. I will come and take some off your hands. I will come cool. and take some Absolutely. off your hands. Spot on. No I, will, I will arrange a, a time for collection uh, via Instagram messaging, I think. Perfect. I'm going to call it a day. I'm going to leave it there. Give it a wrap. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, Paul. Always good to see you. I'll see you next week. Yeah, Katie. Lovely to see Thanks, you. And lo- lovely to meet you as well. Thanks, yeah, Katie. Definitely. No good worries. luck with everything. Thank you.